Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two curious ladies who like to cook, smoke, learn, and enjoy a meal with friends. We invite you to join us every 10 days or so here at the High Gluttony Homestead and listen to us make a mess and have a lot of fun. (laughs) So step inside, Gluttoneers. Hello, Gretchen. Hello, Becca. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy to see you. How's it going? It's going great. Enjoying this nice fall weather we're having around November 1st. Knock on wood that we're actually having fall weather on November 1st. But it is fall and we've been wanting to make this dish, some version of this dish for a while now. We've been talking about risotto for a long time. Yeah. Months. Months. Years. Yeah. Years. Decades. We found a pretty fun recipe that includes squash and apples. So this is the perfect time to be using those two ingredients. And I'm super excited to do this with you. I'm, we're going to learn a lot and we're going to test some new things out. And we've been in our Marcella series. So we're a little bit coming up for air, but don't worry. We still can't get too far away from Marcella. But she will she will make at least one appearance in this uh, episode because it is risotto. She is our Italian cooking queen. We did have to consult with her, but here's the shocker. We're not using her thing. So we're consulting with her, but we are not using her method because we're going all the way back to Kenji Lopez-Alt, our dear, dear scientific friend. <laughs> It's been too long, dear friend. It's been too long. Good to see you again, Kenji. You can blame our 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 other friends over at the Saver podcast for making me revise our entire methodology the night before we were recording. <laughs> and just a reminder, we say friend. None of these people know us. No. <laughs> they don't know us at all. <laughs> don't know we exist in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> So we're already excited. This is going to be a fun one. Let's set the stage. What are you smoking over there to just relax and make risotto and enjoy this fall day? I'm having a couple of hits off of my gifted hash infused pre-roll of Maui Wowie. And my friend Jess gave this to me because she was like, this shit smells insane. And it smells like candy. I had a little bit earlier this morning. And it was so tasty, and I was really glad that I finally realized after I lit it that it had hash all over the outside, so I was very careful about how much I consumed, (laughs) and I will continue to be careful about how much I'm consuming. So I'm going to take a couple hits off of that, and hopefully that'll coast me through, but I had a very fun time this morning, so I was like, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. (laughs) So here we go. (laughs) Becca is probably going to be running the show in 15 minutes. We'll see how it goes. But what are you enjoying, Becca, (laughs) while I light up over here? (laughs) I am enjoying some Girl Scout cookies. It is quite pleasant today. It's got some caryophylline, lemonine, myrcene, no CBD, unfortunately, but it does have 23.5% THC. I'm having fun. I'm feeling good. And I'm excited to see how your Maui Wowie is going to go. I wish I could smell it. it. I can tell you're enjoying it. I can see like the smell in the air from your face. It's so good. I'm like, it's, <laughs> oh, it smells so good. I don't know what these people did to this weed when it was growing, but oh, man, it's like making me <laughs> horny. It smells so good. Like, <laughs> this is not how this usually goes, but no, <laughs> we are all learning a lot. <laughs> But it's it smells like pineapple candy. It's delicious. Yum. And what are we washing that down with? We're kind of, well, now that I think about it, we picked a vermouth cocktail because we were going to use vermouth in our risotto. And now we're not using vermouth in our risotto. But it's still tasty. Eh. It seemed like also a suitably fall-like beverage with mm-hmm. it has a little sherry it has a little vermouth and just a splash of bitters and a nice orange twist I don't know it's very fall like to me yeah we kind of picked it because there was vermouth in the other one 
the other recipe and now we're kind of not doing that, but only because we're just not. There's no reason you couldn't use vermouth in your risotto. We just looked up vermouth cocktails and settled on one called the Adonis. And it has a fun little story. Did you read that one? I did read it. This cocktail was named after the 1884 Broadway show by William Gill called Adonis, often cited as the first Broadway musical. Didn't know that. (laughs) While, While the show was in production, the Waldorf Astoria Hotel created the cocktail in its honor. So we have two ounces of Fino Sherry that's going in there. They are highly recommending the Susano Rosso Vermouth. I just used whatever I have here. Two dashes of orange bitters. You're going to put that on ice and mix until cold. Strain into a chilled coupe or chilled other glass because neither one of us has coupes in the house. Twist a one-inch strip of orange peel over the cocktail. Drop the peel into the glass. My orange peel is like five inches long. I did not pay attention to that. I also didn't realize there was orange needed for this, so I didn't get any. And I told Gretchen I don't have oranges for this. And she was like, I got a whole bag of oranges. (laughs) And then realized I didn't even need the juice. I only needed the peel. Oops. Well, if you've got it, you might as well use five inches of it. then. (laughs) Right? I have 12 more oranges to deal with. (laughs) Okay, so big day. Gretchen, what is a risotto? And how is it different from a pasta or a stir fry? (laughs) Wow, bringing in stir fry. That's quite the, uh... (laughs) you don't really have to identify the differences. Just like, what is it? (laughs) This is a creamy style rice dish, which has a habit of being a bit of a stodgy, heavy dish. But one of the things that people fail to realize about risotto is it should be a fairly thin, as you said, soupy consistency. It should have a wave to it when you cook it. You should be able to sort of toss it and produce a wave in the rice while you're cooking it. That was the way it was described when I was in culinary school. I was on the risotto station at the uh, Caterina de' Medici restaurant at the CIA. So I am well-versed in risotto. But today, we're making it in exactly not the way that I was taught (laughs) to make it. (laughs) So risotto is a creamy rice dish that is a soupy consistency in some ways because what you're doing is slowly cooking that rice into the broth and building a lot of starchiness, right? Right. Okay. Risotto contains short-grained rice. Broth, aromatics of some sort, whether it's shallot or onion, garlic is sometimes used. You have to toast the rice a little bit before you actually add the liquid. And the traditional accepted method is to add a little bit of broth at a time while stirring in order to produce the creaminess of this dish. Awesome. That makes perfect sense. When you were saying it should have like a ripple or a wave when you kind of like toss it a little bit, it's a fine line between getting that ripple, that soupiness, and ending up with like a mashed potato kind of thing where you're like <laughs> digging through the, like thick rice, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I have a, a little bit of a theory and I'll try and stay mostly on track here but that the slow addition of liquid is a good thing for inexperienced chefs to do so that if you are not used to paying attention, you're literally watching it cook. My preferred method of making risotto, which is I think an Instapot, (laughs) you can make very creamy risotto without having to do any stirring whatsoever. So a little bit revolutionary, not only to us, but to like risotto heads across the world that like you can just do it in an instant pot. You said short grain rice, aromatics and broth. And then you can kind of make it your own from there because we've seen like a seafood, a veggie, a beef, like all these different versions of toppings and stuff that can go with a risotto. In most of the recipes that I see, 
it calls specifically for arborio rice as the short grain. Arborio rice is the most widely available, easy to get. It's thrown out as pretty much the only rice for risotto, so much so that that's the only rice I've ever used for risotto. Haven't really gone out of my way to seek the other varieties. I've just really worked with arborio, and that was because I thought that was the best one. <laughs> I thought that was the only one. <laughs> I thought there were only two. I'm not, I'm not that much further ahead of you. The other more commonly used variety is carnaroli, carnaroli rice, which actually was developed in 1945. So this is a second type of rice you can find. And I, I skipped over something that Becca was like, oh no, if you even say this word, you're going to put everybody to sleep. But the two <laughs> starches that exist in rice are sort of why you would prefer one rice over the other. Let's talk about that real quick before I go any further on the, the arborio versus carnaroli. You have amylopectin and amylose. <laughs> I almost said amylase, but that's something else, amylose. The amylopectin is what is the part that makes the creamy part happen in risotto. It is present in pretty much every rice, but the, the proportions are what determine the differences. The amylose is sort of what helps keep the rice in its riciness, <laughs> its rice shape. <laughs> so one helps it get to that creaminess level and the other one helps it maintain its shape even throughout this like slow, almost breaking down, it would seem, of the rice. Right. Arborio has an extremely high proportion of amylopectin to amylose. It produces something very, very creamy, but it also can work against you because you have so much amylopectin that you can overcook it quite easily and end up with mush. That might be an advantage if you're ever trying to make like rice pudding. <laughs> that might be the best use of arborio around versus the carnaroli, which when they developed it, they used the original variety of rice, which is Vialone Nano. And oh, I've gone out of order a little bit here. <laughs> it's really hard because it's like, how do you go? Do you go by popularity or do you go by existence of rice variety? <laughs> Can I help back you up just a bit? Steer the so, ship? Yes, yeah. please. Help, help <laughs> okay. clarify this for me. There are two pretty commonly available short grain rices that work really well for risotto. There's one that's much harder to find. And this one that's much harder to find is more of like an origin rice of one of these that's available. So there's three, three types. The two that are widely available are Borio and Carnaroli. Then you have a third rice, the Vialoni Nano. This one is the precursor of cannaroli. So they used the Vialoni Nano and they interbred it with a Japanese variety of rice. And that's how they got the carnaroli. The Vialoni Nano is one parent of the carnaroli. Carnaroli. Yes. Okay. The one word that has pectin in it, and the reason I'm remembering that is from our pectin conversations about that being like a binder, a thickener <laughs> kind of thing. Yes. So I was trying to pull those was. that together <laughs> somewhere along the line, but I hadn't gone far enough down to being like, how related is it to the pectin we use in jam? But I didn't get that far. And plus my notes were starting to get long at that point. I stopped, but <laughs> that makes sense. yes, but yes, right concept. Yeah, I, I'm that is where the name comes from. Yes. Okay. The pectin one and the, and the one that helps rice keep its structure. Mm hmm are present in all three of these rice varieties in different ratios. Correct. Depending on what, like what outcome of risotto you want, that might inform the type of rice you use. Even beyond drilling it down to like only using these three specific types of rice for risotto, you could even further say, I want it to have more structure. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use the can of... Car 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 the car carnaroli. carnaroli, yeah. Okay. 
And if you were saying, I want it to have more creaminess, you would maybe consider the Arborio. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. I wanted to read this excerpt. My friend lent me the Marcella Cosina book. She has a whole section in there about risotto, which broke my heart a little bit when I was reading it because we're not using her method because of reasons, but she had some great descriptors for all of these rice. And so I really wanted to read this little section for the Vialoni Nano because it really helped me understand like the differences. I could read you quotes about all three of them if you want, but I'm going to pick one because I like this one. <laughs> okay. So here, back to Marcella's thoughts. <laughs> Marcella. Marcella has thoughts. Marcella has lots of thoughts. <laughs> Again, is in regards to the Vialoni Nano rice. A small, stubby, homely grain well-endowed with amylose, the starch that does not soften easily in cooking, although it has enough of the softer starch to qualify as a suitable variety for risotto. It is nearly the unanimous choice in the Veneto region, where the preferred consistency is loose rippling, or alonda, to use the Venetian expression and where people are partial to a kernel that offers considerable resistance to the bite. It is an excellent variety to use for the delicately conceived Venetian-style risotto with seafood or spring vegetables. Yum. I'm going to try to remember this is like the V of Violone is Venetian. Venetian. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's great. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. And that's stiffer because Venetians are tougher. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't get that far into like the origins of this. I didn't even bust out the on food and cooking for this. I just, just did Marcella and Kenji's. Well, and Saver and <laughs> probably something else. You covered a lot of bases. And my brain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so three types of rice mm-hmm. that can be used. And we're both using Arborio today. Yeah, that's what they had at Whole Foods when I was there. They didn't even have anything at Trader Joe's. They sometimes have like something along that line. But now I'm wishing I went to the other mark, Brown Sally Market and got it because I probably would have been able to find at least one of the other two. When I was reading Kenji's and he was like, yeah, you don't want to really use Arborio. Just don't do it. I was a little sad. Oh, wow bubble bursted really really <laughs> bursted and then there's one other right that's not like a well, common right. one it's usable but it is the bomba variety of rice that comes from spain which they use for paella also makes suitable risotto if necessary but not necessarily like our recommended variety just if you have to make risotto and you only happen to have bomba rice, you can do it. But that should be the only circumstance. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so now I understand why those rices make a difference in getting to our ultimate soupy, creamy status. And now we come to the controversial part. Mm-hmm. Just throwing everything we knew about the risotto making process out the window because we both always thought you've got to heat up your broth in a separate pan and it's got to be piping hot to the point that we were reading a recipe the other day and we poo-pooed it because the person said just like put it in the microwave and heat it up and we were like that's you can't do that you can't do that apparently you absolutely can't And it doesn't even have to be hot. That's because you're toasted that rice in oil first. And lots of risotto recipes do actually have you toast the rice first. But our friend Kenji had a brilliant moment of, well, brilliance. And (laughs) (laughs) word choice gets limited on this Maui Wowie, apparently. Smart cookie that Kenji is was like, wait a minute, if I'm toasting my rice and we're supposed to keep that starchiness on the outside of the rice, aren't I, in fact, taking away some of those creamy components and brilliantly came up with the idea of using your cooking liquid to rinse the rice first. So you retain all those starches that are on the outside of the grain of rice, then being able to toast your rice in butter or oil 
to enhance the flavor. And also that helps keep the structure of the grain a little bit better. He's smart cookie, this Kenji. <laughs> Whereas in the traditional method, you would start by adding your butter to the pan. You'd add your rice, get that toasty, add your aromatics, cook those down a little bit. And then you start adding a little bit of your liquid from a hot pot on the back of the stove that has that broth hot. And you're just going to add that one, one cup at a time. Although Marcella makes the controversial choice to do a half a cup at a time. Wow. <laughs> She's drawing it out even further. <laughs> of course she is. Yeah. <laughs> so you're adding your liquid a little bit at a time and then stirring until it's completely absorbed. So it's a, like really labor intensive and the idea behind that was that you're helping break the grain or move the grains around and like loosen the starch up so that you get more of those starches off and more creaminess happening. And it's typically like a fairly high heat the whole time, right? We always do it mostly in a medium heat when I was okay. in culinary school because you don't really like high heat because you're wor working with starch and you're getting water that's like coming out of there. If you had high heat and like you stopped stirring for even a second, you would run the chance of ruining the entire thing or burning something. I think a medium heat is the best way to go on doing that method because then you, you are still getting some of the action from the boiling, but also because you're moving it around, you're not risking burning, but I wouldn't have it necessarily on high, high heat. Got it. It's a consistent heat the whole time. Correct. Yes. Okay. Then what you're saying with Kenji by comparison, if I understand it correctly, is that he's saying, get your broth in a bowl or get your broth together. And he says, chicken broth, wine, I'm using veggie broth and wine. Gretchen's using mystery broth and wine. Mystery broth and wine. <laughs> Some kind of like Gretchen it's is brothy. Broth. You swish the rice in that broth that you're going to use later mm -hmm. to keep the the starch in that broth yep and then toast the rice right and then he says add the majority of the broth and put a lid on it which is totally <laughs> weird for risotto yep walk turn, away turn the heat down turn the heat down turn the heat down walk away come back look at it stir it once Lit it again, walk away. Are you joking? Two, two times now. We just leave it alone with the lid on it. And then top it with the rest of the broth or like add the rest of the broth in there. And stir it really vigorously for a few minutes until that broth is, yeah, until you've reached the right consistency. An extremely opposite approach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it also feels like faster. The photographs of Kenji's process were really compelling because it was like toasted versus untoasted. Like there were two totally different consistencies. And then with the starch rinsed into the cooking liquid, I swear, one of the most photogenic risottos I have ever seen in my life. It was so beautiful because the little grains, you could see each individual grain. There was no like gloopiness to it and like beautifully like light color too, which I'm sure partly is with this broth, but it was very, very lovely. Of course it was. It's Kenji. I yeah. mean, he's amazing. But this is very exciting for us because you originally suggested this not only because the Kenji, but also it's much easier. It's way less stirring, which is great for people who don't want to stand there and hold something or shouldn't be standing there and holding something for that long. So this is super fun. Of course, Kenji has another little bonus interesting component <laughs> that we'll mention in a minute. So it doesn't even stop with him just completely changing <laughs> the entire approach that we've known as risotto. It's going to do something else to it. But I am super excited to test it out. It's going to be good. So I understand. I have a much better understanding now of what rice is important for risotto, how to just generally approach this dish as a unique sort of entity and now we get to test this new method so we are kind of hybridizing our approach here today because we did want to stick with that original recipe we found for risotto with squash and apples and parmesan but we do want to use kenji's method our 
recipe for the risotto with squash and apples comes from garlic and zest. The ingredients for that are one tablespoon olive oil, two, no, one tablespoon butter, two cups of a fall squash. I'm using butternut. Same. Two minced shallots. Garlic is optional. I'm not doing it. Okay. That's Gretchen fine. is doing it. And I'm laughing yeah. because I saw there, Gretchen put a note in here that said garlic should be like salt. We should just put it with everything. And I'd already <laughs> decided not to do garlic. Like, yeah. well, that was that Here's was a high thing. high thought I had earlier <laughs> while I was on the Maui Wowie. I was like, really, like you should feel free to add garlic to whatever the fuck you want, which is really more <laughs> of my point than like necessarily treating it like salt. I guess it should be like hot sauce, maybe treat it more like hot sauce. Some people love yeah. it in everything. Some people don't want it. Don't want it everywhere. I mean, it does. Yeah, it doesn't belong to some places. I just decided I was going to do a little bit of of garlic because I felt like it. So optional, but Gretchen's doing one and that's supposed to be pressed. And then one medium apple peeled, seeded, and diced. Three-fourths cup of arboreal rice. Three three to four cups of broth. And a portion of that is replaced with wine. So I did four cups total, but one cup white wine with vegetable broth. Like, and then we already talked about Gretchen's mystery broth. One cup of Parmesan cheese, finely grated three-fourths teaspoon of dried sage, but we're both using fresh. So does that change the quantity? It should actually make it less, but I figure I would do like some julienne of it and just kind of sprinkle it over the top. So maybe not Mm. even putting it in the risotto quite as much or just at the very end, tossing like one chopped leaf in there. It should be less than the dried variety because dried would be less potent. However much sage you feel like putting in, I guess. <laughs> dried, fresh, whatever you want. And then half a teaspoon kosher salt, a quarter teaspoon black pepper, one tablespoon of chopped parsley, which is also optional. So I will not be doing that. And then here's our surprise ingredient from Mr. Kenji, one third cup heavy cream. And what are we doing with that? He even goes the extra mile of whipping that cup of heavy cream and then folding it into the risotto because he wants to add a little air in there. Now I have to try that because because I do. We're doing that too. On top of changing the whole method, we're going to whip up some cream and that goes in at the very end with the Parmesan. What special equipment do we need today? Another part of the, the Kenji method is using a wide, low pan. Most recipes actually recommend kind of more like a sauce pot or a stock pot, but we want more surface area so that you don't get the chance of whatever's on the bottom burning nearly as much. So we're using a large saute pan. We're, I'm using a 13-inch nonstick. Uh, yours and a 12-inch nonstick. 12-inch, okay. Yeah, 12. And then a large measuring cup or bowl for doing the rice washing in your broth. And... What world level is this going to be then today? Two. World level two. Okay. What would you have said a traditional risotto world level is? Maybe a three, but like, I also think that, yeah, it's a little annoying to have to stand there and stir, but it's apparently the the part that becomes really tricky is using the arboreal rice. So I guess we should call it a three if you're using arboreal versus the other types, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Two to three. Two to three. And we have already measured everything, minced our shallot, peeled and diced our apples, and are pretty much ready to go. I should be ready to to roll it out here. When we get into the kitchen, what's the first thing we're going to do? We are going to swish our rice around in our cooking liquid and then leave that to drain for five minutes to make sure we get a fair amount of that liquid to come out but we'll also be able to remove any excess liquid when we toast it. We're going to get that rice draining first, and then we'll do some sautéing of apples. <laughs> okay. Rinse our rice, sauté some apples. The next part is starting the rice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, after that, I'll be toasting, starting our rice toasting. Let's go into the kitchen. Here we go. <laughs> Off we go. So it just says to agitate a little bit, right? Yeah. Mm, That wine smells good. 
So I am going to, oh, and we decided to saute our apples in a separate pan because initially we were going to all do it in the same. So now since our rice is draining for five minutes, we'll saute our apples. And those are going to kind of be just used as a garnish at the end. You can mix it in if you want, but I decided I want it to go on top instead of in the risotto. So Same. So that's one tablespoon of butter and then the one medium apple peeled, seeded, and diced. Yes. And what heat does that cook on? I go with like a medium-high heat for that. Okay. And heat until? Just until you start seeing a little bit of browning on the edges. Okay. The last time I used that butter, I must have used a knife with garlic on it or something. Because it's like <laughs> very garlicky. Oh, no. <laughs> That's okay. There's my garlic. <laughs> There's your garlic. <laughs> the merest whiff of garlic from the, the <laughs> apple or from the butter. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Did we mention that I'm going to put some bake, crumble some bacon on top of mine? No, we Can have a lot that? going on. No. Yeah. I decided to get some bacon out because the suggested pairing was, what did it say, scallops or chicken or pork? Are your apples in? Not yet. My butter is in the pan and it's foaming a little bit, so it's almost ready. Okay. So I'm going to put mine in in just a second, but I'm piling my bacon up right now, moving it away from the stove a little bit. All right, I'm going in. Okay. Now, I could have probably waited another minute or two. Not very warm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, same. All right. And stir these a little bit? Yeah, I'm going to let them sit like they are for just a minute. I am going to just kind of flip mine in the pan more than stirring i see you can hear that sizzle. yeah okay so once we cook the apples what are we doing with those we're just gonna set them to the side and hold them for service but that sounds fun (laughs) the saying service part or yeah we'll hold for service i know it's normal for you but but i'm like oh i work in a restaurant no i yeah i think that's also like (laughs) watching the bear on hulu oh so good i haven't finished it yet so okay i won't I've, say anything but yeah let me know when you finish so we can talk about it it's supposed to be browned just a little bit like just it's just like bit. i just i'm looking for a little bit of cook cookness but i still want the, them to have a little structural integrity mm-hmm. you want a crunch yeah or at least uh, a satisfying toothiness mm-hmm Probably could have put my a little sage in here as well. Ooh, I'll do, let's do that. Good, such a good idea. And you're just gonna do like one leaf? Yeah. I well, I'm my sage is really small, so I'm gonna do three small leaves. Okay, okay. <laughs> my bigger leaves on it don't look as nice, so I'm gonna do little three three small leaves, but equivalent to like one normal size leaf. Okay. <laughs> sage plant. So mine are probably done. Okay. There's kind of a varying degrees of browning on them, but I've got some brown surfaces. I've got some not brown surfaces, but everything's at least seen some heat. So, so you're I'm, good. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. But I am just spreading it all over the counters. <laughs> Woo. Hot up. Okay. I'm going just a teeny bit longer, pulling it off peach. All right. Now talk me through what we're doing again now. here. Yeah. yeah. So we are going to put, we're going to turn our larger saute pan up to high heat and we're going to add our butter and our rice. And we're going to toast that rice in the butter until it doesn't seem to have any more liquid on the outside of the grains. And it's like sort of a little translucent. Then we're going to add our squash and let that saute for a couple of minutes while it gets a little browning on it. And then the rice will still cook too. And once that's started to soften just a smidge, we'll add in our shallot and or garlic. Then once that's softened up after about a minute, we'll add our cooking liquid. And then we will stir that, bring it to a boil, and turn the heat all the way down. Lid, walk away. Whew. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Turn it on. In goes the butter. How yep. much butter here? Probably the same, like a tablespoon or two or something. Whenever it says a tablespoon of butter. Yeah, what? that's like air. That's not that's, enough yeah. butter. I am pretty sure I just put like three tablespoons of butter. Okay, sounds so. good. Okay. 
<laughs> this is why we like cooking together. Yeah. <laughs> one of the one of the many reasons. <laughs> when you were reading that before, I was like, yeah, I should have just altered this because I yeah. always cook with way more butter than any uh-huh. of the recipes they're calling for. That's an optional right. level of, or quantity of yeah, butter. That's in every yeah. yeah, that's the minimum. Yeah, minimum. Where you start. Yeah. <laughs> Get my bamboo spoon out here. All right, I'm going. Okay. Probably should have waited just a smidge longer, but... Okay, what what are we waiting for in this moment? The butter should be, like, foamy, so you should still see, like, the milk solids won't have started to turn colors yet or anything like that. There's a little new layer like, of foam. Yeah. All right, I'm going into it. I thought maybe I was in the, the right place, but I turns out I was a smidge early. <laughs> Are we looking for a toasted color or oh, yeah. translucent? We want to get the moisture out and have yeah. it translucent. Okay. It's really your preference, though, because you could definitely take this. We might get a little extra color on here while the squash is in it. Uh huh. More likely is that the squash, since the squash has its own moisture, it's going to start releasing that moisture in the pan. That would impede any further toasting, really. But you could take the toast further if you wanted to. Okay. And is that really going to change the flavor a lot? Or is that more about color and structure? It's going to change the flavor because it's definitely okay, okay. going to make it quite nutty and toast. In Kenji's descriptions, he definitely was talking a bit more about structure than necessarily the flavor of it. Uh-huh. Because I don't think he was putting so much toast on it that it was going to be giving you a discernible nuttiness toastiness yeah well for us too especially with all these other things we have going on it's probably going to be less noticeable although I did think it would be kind of good to maybe garnish with like pecans or ooh, uh, another crunch yeah something like that yeah maybe like a smoky pecan well I have bacon so I have a smoke oh yeah you've got the smoke yeah (laughs) Mm, but if you had a smoky pecan that would be excellent yes yeah i don't (laughs) okay i'm actually starting to get a little toast like light blonde color on my grains here so Uh uh-huh i think i'm gonna go in with although i'm very tempted to keep going with keep going with the toast because i love a good toast on my grains Uh uh-huh it's so pretty and it smells so good i know I'm going to step over and grab my squash so that when I decide I have to go with it, I'll have it right next to me. I'm very toasty. I'm going to have to turn my heat down just a smidge. I am using my power burner, so it is really doing the job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Quite toasty. So I'm going in with my squash. Okay. Might be more than two cups of squash by the time I'm done with it here. So it's either the zigzag pre-cut squash or like the enormous cubes of pre-cut squash. Uh Uh-huh. I decided the zigzag squash would be much easier to cut than the giant cubes. That makes sense. Yeah, we were feeling lazy, so we bought pre-cut squash, both of us. Good for us. Time management skills. We're just looking for the squash to kind of soften here. Yeah, and mine, because of the zigzag cut, looks like it is softening pretty quickly. Okay. So I am going to go in with my aromatics right now. Okay. I think I am ready. Okay, enough okay. garlic and shallot for you. Garlic and shallot for me, yes. Because my okay. rice is looking really, really toasty now. So <laughs> go get in there. All right, it's almost time for the big. I'm going. I'm uh, All right, start stirring my liquid because you got to make sure that the starch is suspended. It's definitely boiling. It calmed down quite a bit after uh, the initial like sizzle. Sizzle. Okay, so we're bringing it back up to a boil. And then we put the lid on and turn the heat all the way as low as it can go. Yep. This is exciting. <laughs> I'm just hoping I didn't like toast the fuck out of my rice, like, but so that yeah. now it's just not going to work, but we shall see. Oh, that would make a difference if you yeah, toasted it, it too much. It might be a little too toothsome, but I mean, like, I've never, like, I've toasted a lot of rice in my day, so mm-hmm. it's never been unpleasant. Sure. And now since we've managed, we rinse that rice out, I rinse the starch out so that it still can get creamy. Mm-hmm. The toastiness should just enhance the dish. Mine is fully simmering. Low, low, low. Lid on. Timer. 
for 10 minutes. How are you doing over there? Almost at a like full spoil summer everywhere. I've got okay. those. I've got that one hot corner, you know, on this, my big burner. I'm trying to get all the other ones to catch up. Well, the Adonis was pretty delicious. I agree. Every time I smell it, as I lift it, I'm like, I don't know, it smells so sweet. But then I have it and I'm like, no. But it's not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably because you said you got Marsala, right? Yes. A dry Marsala, but the Marsala. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Marsala, to me, Marsala is much sweeter, much more grapey smelling than like sherry is. So, like to, to, so that might be the difference for yours is that that, that makes it sense. really has that grapey aromatic. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Okay. I'm boiling. I'm going Yay. to lid on all the way down. So I'm a few minutes behind you. You are one minute behind me. All right. We'll see you in the future. Glutton years. 10 minutes from now. Nine minutes from now. All right, we are here at our 10 minute first round of cooking. Turning my timer off because there's 20 seconds left and it's probably gonna take me 20 seconds to take the lid off and give it a stir, so. <laughs> and I'm about a minute behind you, so I get to, Gretchen gets to tell me the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it smells so good. Oh man, here, look at this. Mmm, looks pretty. It's really dark brown. Extra toasty. Extra, extra toasty, yes. And talk me through the next step then. So I'm just giving this quick stir, and then I am going to shake it out so that it's all even in the pan. No, so we want, I, it to be, like, we want it to be as even as possible, like, or as like smooth as possible at this point? Uh, yes. And now I'm going to put the lid back on and put my timer on for another 10 minutes. Lid back on. 10 minutes, start. Okay, and now my turn to go. (laughs) (laughs) Lid off. I have a lot more liquid than you do, it looks like. I'm wondering if I'm a little short on the liquid. Okay. How much did I? I tried to save. I don't know. I might end up having to add a little bit extra liquid. Seems like it's a little short. Okay. Yeah, I have quite a bit. I don't even need to, like, shake it because there's it so just, much liquid it yeah. just it went yeah. back to the right right place <laughs> yeah now did so. you put, put your lid on once it came to a boil right mm-hmm. okay it was like did you put your lid on before you started to boil that maybe it can attribute to like some of the extra moisture retention but if that's not a factor it's not a factor okay well i guess we'll just right. see what happens yep <laughs> One more trip into the future. Okay. Okay, so it's been 10 minutes. Mine lost all of its liquid. So I actually went in a little early with my liquid, my extra liquid. Becca, having different issues. The exact opposite. I have way too much liquid. I don't think I'm going to add that last cup because it did say three to four cups and I have already put three in and maybe that's the difference. Did you, you did three too. Yeah, I did three and one. I don't understand when we have such wildly different outcomes sometimes when we're seemingly doing the same thing. I know. <sighs> it is really strange on occasion to like how, <laughs> how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. You've got your lid off and you're stirring. Did you turn your heat back up? They did, yes. All right. So I've got my lid off. I'm going to turn my heat back up. Yeah, like I said, not add that last cup for now. Because theoretically, you have the more humid, less humidity. So I would not yeah. expect yours to dry out before mine. I would expect no. yours to be more dry than mine. This makes exactly. sense. I don't understand anything that's happening. Because, yeah, I think I might have to put a, even a little more liquid in here. I got a wave, but mm-hmm. I need to taste this. Let's see where I'm at. Doneness-wise. I think I might have dosed to mine rice too much. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Is that, would that make a difference in how much moisture or liquid was absorbed? Yeah, but it shouldn't be more. It should be less. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's the really baffling part. <laughs> I'm finally looking a little bit like some of the moisture's cooking out. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Or liquid, I guess I should say, not moisture. Yeah. 
it's the same, the same. But yeah, my grains are definitely toothsome. Okay, let me taste mine. Downright chewy. <laughs> oh, mine are non-existent. Like mushy? Yeah, they're pretty mushy. Oh no. I know. So I toasted too much. You might have toasted not quite enough. Mm-hmm. It's not instilling a lot of confidence from my. Uh... <laughs> no, <laughs> this is not the risotto I had been imagining all this these many months. I'm sure Kenji did not do anything wrong. I'm sure this is on user uh... error. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm entirely sure I toasted mine way too far. I should have put my squash w- in way before I did. Did. Well, I it's think. not too squishy, actually. No? Okay, good. I was going to say, mine, my, my grains of rice might be breaking apart. Oh, God. <laughs> I think I'm about out of liquid soon. Okay. And you're probably... I got to put more liquid in here. Oh, yeah. Mine's not too done. There, it, there's a piece sticking to my tooth. Like, <laughs> I cannot get this thing out. <laughs> like, it is tooth dumb. Yeah. It is part of my body now. All right, I'm turning my heat off because I don't want to lose too much liquid or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, this might be been a swing and a miss. Yeah. Have to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> Try again. Well, well we still... An absolute crap ton of rice, too, so... Yeah, this is a lot. Oh, you have a lot. Do yeah, you... I have a big, big old box that I bought. Should we let it cool a little? Before adding the cheese and whipped cream. Oh, we also whipped our heavy cream off yes. air. Yeah, in our time travel. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, but we used hand mixers because it's impossible for me to make whipped cream by hand. I think we could go in with it now because part of the function of the cheese and the cream is to like help bring the temperature down so that it doesn't overcook. You can do it. I'm doing it. I'm going right. for it. And then salt and pepper at the end, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I just did a, I actually just did a little salt addition a second ago. Okay. It was like way, way under salted, but. <laughs> yeah, same. I was like, okay, well, so when do we add the flavor? Should be always adding flavor. I know. I'm just being mean. <laughs> <laughs> Tasted bland. <laughs> oh boy. Now I might be very liquidy. <laughs> I have so much risotto. Oh, this goodness. is definitely not looking like his. I think, yeah, we, like, maybe, maybe part of our problem was introducing the squash. Like, had we int- yeah. cooked the squash on its own and uh-huh. then introduced I... it at the end, that might have been a good plan. Yeah. Like, the apples more. Yeah. This yeah. is so much risotto. Oh, my God. i be eating this for a week. Yeah, I definitely toasted my rice too much. So, I answered the question, can you ro- toast your rice too much? The answer is yes. <laughs> I'm surprised how that not so much amount of cream is made this extremely creamy. Yeah, it's quite a lot of cream, actually. Kind of tasting better with every stir, though. Yeah. (laughs) Well, mine's definitely too some, as I keep saying, to the point where, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, my conclusion is there is a point where you have toasted too much and I managed to hit it. (laughs) My instinct to toast may have uh, been... I, I didn't hit the right level of toast. So. You flew too close to the toast flame, Gretchen. Yeah, I did. I really, really did. The other thing about adding the squash is it made everything so yellow. Yes. Yeah. Or so orange. we orange. Yeah. I mean, we definitely could have avoided that by cooking it on its own and adding it at the end. Yeah. Survey says next time cook all, separately. Yeah. Rice only. And the but flavor it's is really good. Yeah. I like how it tastes. The texture's a little odd. It is a little odd. And I'm not going to say anything against Kenji's methodology. And like we said, this is probably user error. But it feels a little bit like he rushed it. And then you add the whipped cream to compensate for the loss of the creaminess in the cooking. Wondering if this is not a fault of the arboreal rice as well. Because oh. he did say that's... He uses the other kind. But did he say you cannot at all use? No. Okay. Just not recommended. Right. So it should work. Hmm. And I guess it technically works. Keep eating it. It's like the the melon (laughs) pasta. Yeah. You just can't stop. I know I told you, but I don't think I told the gluttoneers that I've already made the melon melon pasta again. I know. 
I was listening to the, when I was working on the episode and I was listening to it, I was like, you were very enthralled with the melon pasta. So it doesn't I surprise love me. It. I love it so much. Yeah. I'll th- I think I'll give this another go just because I think it'll work, but further tests will have to be conducted with Arborio versus Carnaroli. Yeah. You'll have to let me know, but it actually tastes really good. And I haven't yeah. even added the apple. Mm-mm. Have you me tried either. it with that? Mm-mm. Hold on. Okay. Let's do that. The mm. siege. That's really good. Yeah. I really like that. I do too. Yum. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect fall dinner. It really is. Mine she is said. not like a, a soupy wavy consistency though. Mine is. Well oh. done. So I got that part right. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't hurt to try things. And no. this was an experiment. Mm-hmm. But I do think so, I'll have to try it again yeah. without the squash mm-hmm. and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. But it is delicious, and I am going to eat a lot of it right now. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. A lot. Well, once and again, I'm... we learned a lot. I still yeah. say level two. I agree with your original assessment. Great. Glad I hit it on the head. <laughs> <laughs> on the short grain head. Yeah. We get a new method, maybe. We'll see. Let us know, Gluttoneers, if you make this and how it comes out for you. Yeah. We'll, we'll do updates. Mm-hmm. We will post the recipe at highgluttony.com eventually, and yep. we will share some photos, we hope, if we remember to take them right now. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and thank you for joining us. Thank you for helping us grow. We're so excited to see our new listeners around the globe. Hello, India and Belgium Woo! and Ireland. Hello, hello. Oh, I didn't know about Belgium. That's well, exciting. Like one of our top places is Belgium. Oh, I know. Welcome, Belgium. Thank Hello. you. <laughs> so, so thank you for joining us. Keep telling everybody incessantly about us and like, subscribe, follow, rate, comment only if it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want any bad reviews. No, thank you. Uh-uh. Thanks. No, thank you. This ego stroking only. Thanks. <laughs> ah, all right. Well, off we go. Off we go. Risotto. Risotto. Off we we go. (laughs) Risotto. That's better. You're right. That's better.